What's up, everybody, and welcome to episode 105 of the Stand Up Guys podcast. I'm your host, Incomparable Zach Jones, joined as always by my brother from the same mother, Lester Jones. Hello, everybody. That was a delayed response. <laughs> I was trying to think of something to say. <laughs> you remember, like, uh, in Twins with uh, Schwarzenegger and DeVito, where, where he's like, I'm the shit. <laughs> like, Arnold got all the good genes and he got, like, all the garbage or whatever. Oh, okay. It's been, like, so long since I've seen that movie. <laughs> it's a good reference. <laughs> Is it, though? <laughs> and, like, of course. Wasn't there talks of making a second one of those? <laughs> well, there's a, at one point we're supposedly going to make, yeah, a sequel where it was a triplets or something, and somehow Eddie Murphy was also their brother. <laughs> but uh, I haven't heard any any news on He this. got all the black jeans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and of course, it wouldn't be our show if we didn't have the ninth wonder, Chocolate Thunder, looking for a few good PPs for a few good DPs, the tag teaming, double creaming, you take the front, he'll take the back, you'll be dancing all night, sack to sack, the phenomenal AJ Singh. Hello, everyone. Good to be here. (laughs) (laughs) That's what you said at the DP. (laughs) Uh, now, uh, we just actually got out of the theater. We watched Jordan Peele's Nope, and we'll be given uh, a good uh, lengthy breakdown of that movie. Um, but before we get there, I was wondering, did, are you guys, did you guys hear this like whole Batgirl story that's gone yeah. on this week? Yeah. This story fascinates me a little bit. Did you hear about this as well? Yeah. So, uh, not too long ago, like Discovery merged with uh, Warner Brothers. And so they got like a whole new head in charge. And they had this Batgirl movie, mostly in the can from what I understand. I, I, I think it, it started the post-production process. It would still take some money to, to finish it up. But they they announced that they just straight up are canceling it. Like they're not going to put it on HBO Max. They're not going to put it in theaters. They're just, they shot it, but it's, no one's going to see it, you know? Yeah. And so the story coming out is that supposedly internally of the people who've seen it and test screenings like it apparently did very poorly right so the financial thought behind it apparently is that they think if they put it in theaters and add like the cost of a theatrical run that they won't make their money back on it but also i guess like the added expense that it would take to get it ready to be able to put on hbo max like they don't think it's good enough that it would draw in enough subscribers to make it financially beneficial that way so they're just like, we'll eat the expense and and get whatever percentage we can get back as a tax break. Of, right, of they that. figure they'll make more just trying to write it off. Now, this, this to me is a hard decision to judge without actually seeing the movie. But my thought is... If, it it's, might, if it's on par with the rest of the DC movies, it's utter trash. Well, the yeah. thing is, it might be worth the gamble because even like, I don't doubt that the movie's probably in rough shape and, and, and probably not very good. But we've seen so many shitty comic book movies go to theaters and still do well financially. And I'm like, if they put out a half-decent trailer, like it would not surprise me if they put this out and, and, and made at least their money back. You know, so... I, I mean, it's still got some interesting things. You've got Michael Keaton's in there. Right. And, and that's... Yeah. And, um, and Brendan the, Fraser's pretty hot right now. Yeah. I, I, I feel like there's enough... Like, just being, like, people's first, like, ability to see Michael Keaton as Batman again, I think would be a big enough draw to very well make their money back on the film. Yeah, I think you'd definitely have a shot. 
So to me, to just bury it, even if it is bad, seems weird to me. Yeah, I don't know. It does seem a little weird, but apparently they cut a lot of stuff. Like they're, which I, I mean, I can understand them saying, "Hey, we got to make some changes." I can too. The thing I cannot understand though is they've actually taken a few of the movies that were already finished and on their platform off. Like that American Pickle movie with Seth Rogen. Like they took it off for some reason. That remake of The Witches, they took it off. Oh, and I, I watched that. The American Pickle wasn't as, he like he went back in time or something or he he was pit, no he was pickled. Yeah, he fell in like a pickle jar or and something. Got like, and, yeah. yeah, I I didn't watch it. I I don't even think it was you know reviewed super well, but it still seems weird to me that yeah, they would it take it cost off. Anything to it doesn't. It there. They got infinite space to put shit up. So like that that's a decision that puzzles me a little bit. Yeah, a lot of people are talking about like where they're headed. I think they're trying to get rid of uh, scripted TV shows. They're trying to do more like of their, uh, I guess, discovery type shows. Well, I think the plan, it, I, and that sucks, but like, yeah, I they had this whole thing. <laughs> um, I, I don't think it was like supposed to be released. It was like an internal thing, but somebody got a screenshot of it and, and put it on Twitter or whatever, where like it shows like they're uh, they view the HBO portion of the app as like you know male oriented quote-unquote lean-in programming, mm. like scripted stuff. And then the discovery stuff is more female-centric, uh, lean-back, like reality-type programming, you know. Which, I mean, I, I guess maybe they have some demographics that, that suggest that, but it does seem like a weird thing in this day and age to I never things. really thought of discovery as being like women's uh, oriented. <laughs> well, it's because these days it's just... Is it going to be? The it's just re- yeah, exactly. It's uh, reality TV garbage. Just I see. like now, I understand where they're where they're headed. Just like uh, <laughs> TLC, the quote unquote learning channel, it just devolved into just bullshit reality. Oh, yeah. I it it saddens me because I really like a lot of the HBO stuff. Like I don't even want the Discovery stuff on that same app clouding up things because it's just to me it's just like bullshit that I don't even want. Like just reality based garbage, you know. Yeah, I'm surprised Discovery has so much money. Like they bought uh, HBO Max. I guess, yeah. That that surprised the hell out of me too when I heard that because I'm like Discovery. Like I I hadn't heard of. Like I thought they were just like a dying cable channel. I didn't yeah. I didn't know that they <laughs> had money and were like <laughs> capable of doing that. You know. Yeah, that's surprised. But yeah, when when they announced that merger, I was like, well. DC needs help. Maybe this will, and, and who knows? Maybe in a couple years we'll see that they 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 are making good moves and it's paying off. Part of but, part but, of me is like actually a little happy that they don't release this movie because it means that there's actually some quality control at DC. Maybe yeah, it, it could be good. I mean, the, the content's always going to have a huge amount of value, but maybe they can start doing something decent i mean my kind of thought is they need a reboot whether that's a hard reboot or a soft reboot anyway so like to me i would be like well let's release the things we got in the can make as much money off of it as we can and then start over maybe they're right maybe they just this movie was in a state where they could not make you know any money off of it but that at the same time it kind of is a, a fuck you to fans when they know mm-hmm. that movie's out there and 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 I also feel sorry for like the the lead actress uh, and and like the people who put all their work into this movie and then it's just gone. You know, mm-hmm. it sucks for them. And and now we're just gonna get you know 
the hashtag that releases Snyder Cut is over. Now it's going to be hashtag release Batgirl from <laughs> now until infinity, you know. Well, maybe somebody will leak it. They, they can get their tax cut and a leak. I mean, they might leak <laughs> something, but it's it's still unfinished to an extent. Yeah. So, I don't know. It just seems like a weird move to me. And, and like I said, like... I don't know. Even if it's bad, I, I, I bet there's a fair chance they could have got their money back. Yeah, I think they could have gotten their money back. I think a superhero movie, it's really hard to fail with one of those. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Except Morbius. <laughs> I was going to say, Morbius, <laughs> like... It, and even Morbius, I think, might have made its money yeah. back. I don't know. Yeah. But, like, I didn't watch those Venom movies. Apparently, they're pretty bad, and they made money. Venom's it, a big character, but he's never been done very well, I don't think. I mean, I guess I shouldn't criticize those movies too roundly without actually seeing them, but I just, I don't know. Yeah. I wouldn't have gone to see Batgirl anyway, but... <laughs> I wouldn't have gone to the theater to see Batgirl, no. Well, and, and it wasn't even, they weren't even, the old regime at WB, like, planned that one to be just an HBO Max exclusive uh, thing. I probably still would. <laughs> well, we would have made you to review it for the <laughs> podcast, but... Um, and it might have been good. Like, I like the character of Barbara Gordon, actually. She's, she's one of the better female superheroes, I think, but... Um, but yeah, apparently the movie was not in a good state. Um, well, should we get on with reviewing Nope? Yeah, let's do it. Well, I got one story. Oh, sure. Go ahead. We're going to squeeze in one story here because this one needs to be heard. You got a, you got a doozy for us? It's a, it's a good one. <laughs> okay. So there's a burglar, right? He breaks in this chick's house and like, so she comes home and she's like, ah, I've been burgled or whatever. And, uh, she finds out like. Some of her dildos and shit are missing. <laughs> and so, not only that, there was a jar in there with 50 grams of dried semen from like 250 dudes because she's been fucking everybody on Tinder oh my God. and saving their jizz. <laughs> so, she's like, Whoa. who could want this, you know, bottle of jizz? <laughs> and so... But, no, the question is, who collects it? Yeah, well, it's bad that she collects She's it. like, this weirdo. <laughs> this other guy steals it, but here's the kicker. He thought it was drugs. Oh. He chopped it up, and he fucking snorted it. <laughs> so, He's like, it was the best high of my life. <laughs> from this, he got two different types of herpes oh. and a raging case of syphilis. Oh, it shows pictures. He's got like blisters on his nose and his mouth and shit. So it's definitely not a fake news story. So she's got I, herpes I tried and syphilis. to tried to like, you know, I, I, I'll type like fact checker and type the story. And like I couldn't get any false like uh, things on it there. And it's run in a bunch of like different news outlets. I mean, this guy, he looks like he would snore sperm. Oh, man. <laughs> I mean, how hopeful do you have to be as a drug addict to think that drugs would be in a jar of... You're like, oh, anonymous liquid. white powder and sex toys. I know what this is about. Was it a powder? It was in powder form? It was all dried out. Okay. Yeah, it was like her collection of dried out sperm. <laughs> now, I got questions about this woman because like... Like, is she having, like, the guy she with, like, specifically come in the jar? Or is she just, yeah, like, scraping no, it off like, her face or what? <laughs> I, I think she's just getting him to go in this jar. How, how would you feel if you hooked up with a woman and she's like, oh, hold on a second. Can you come in this, like, jar that's half filled? <laughs> yeah. Hello, person I just met on Tinder. Yeah. Just so you know, I save everybody's jizz. And you'd be like, that looks like, uh... That must have been a lot of guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> Creating your own Jurassic Park, huh? <laughs> Keep 
Can you imagine the smell of opening that? Oh, <laughs> that's the other thing. Like, and that's the other thing. Like, I mean, did this guy think it was cocaine or something? Like, he wasn't yeah, like. I thought it was like cocaine. Like, I mean, he didn't get a whiff of that and be like, you got a whiff. I mean, watermelon. <laughs> doesn't smell like any cocaine I've ever had. Of course, I've never had cocaine. Maybe cocaine does have a, a spermy <laughs> smell. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't think it'd be a popular drug, though, if it did. <laughs> okay. And okay. now are we rolling? <laughs> Let's go with Nope, now that we've gone through that. <laughs> okay, guys. So we're going to review Nope. Um, uh, in case anyone hasn't watched any or listened to any of our reviews, we're going to do a, kind of a surface-level uh, non-spoilery type review, and then we'll kind of get into a more detailed plot breakdown and, and spoiler-filled review. Uh, basic synopsis, uh, two siblings who run a California horse ranch discover something wonderful and sinister in the skies above, and the owner of the adjacent theme park tries to profit from the mysterious otherworldly phenomenon. Uh, the movie, of course, directed by Jordan Peele, it stands da- uh, stars Daniel Kaluuya as O.J. Haywood, uh, Kiki Palmer is Emerald Haywood. Stephen Yoon is Ricky Jupe Park. Uh, Michael Wincott is Antler's Hoist or Holst. Um, Brandon Pereira is Angel Torres, and uh, Keith David is OJ Senior. Um, well, I'll let you guys go first with the non-spoilery stuff. I I don't know exactly. I think I'm still processing how I feel about this movie. Uh, but yeah, what do you guys think? Uh, I mean, I I expected more. I thought because I heard other reviews for it, and uh, they didn't get into spoiler territory, but they did kind of lead me to believe that there was more to you know just the surface level we saw in the trailer. And I mean, there was a little bit more, but I I wasn't fully satisfied with the story. I I thought it was okay. I I thought it was you know well played out, you know, acting wise and other other stuff. But yeah, it, I thought it was just okay film. Yeah, I was kind of expecting more depth and like it has kind of like a long slow start and you expect it to build more and I I guess I, I was figuring it might go a couple different ways but like if it, it was going to go the horror way I thought it should have gone harder maybe like it didn't really uh I don't know it was slightly anticlimactic Yeah, I think that's where I'm at as well. I mean on a te- technical level, like, it's well shot. Like, there's beautiful shots in it and everything. But, yeah, story-wise, I think it does let you down. And and the other thing is, like, not that this is a requirement, uh, but, like, Jordan Peele's, like, I mean, this is only his third movie, but he's kind of known for doing these horror movies that are also, like, social commentaries. And you get I that... I was expecting that element that wasn't there, kind of, yeah. You get it, arguably, a little bit in the very beginning of the movie, which we'll go over. But, like, if, if like, towards the end of the movie it was still supposed to be there, like, it was lost on me. Like, if we were supposed to interpret certain things, like, then, I, then, I, then it was lost on me. Yeah, like, the opening scene, like, it, it goes into that story, which is definitely, like, horrific... But at the same time, like, it doesn't really tie in as, as well as it could, maybe? There's other random things where, like, I feel like Jordan Peele's, like, this would make for, like, um, just, like, a bizarre visual. But I'm, like... Right, they're, like, cool elements, but they don't quite... But they just feel like they're... Uh, he they're He's, like, off. he found a reason to get them there, but they're not very uh, crucial or to the story or and it's a bit weird i'll also say 
Daniel Kaluuya, who, um, I mean, I think I've only seen him in this. Um, what was Jordan Peele's first movie, Get Out? Um, and I've seen him in Black Panther. And I thought he was relatively good in Get Out. Here, I got to say, I felt his performance was so subdued that it was almost wooden. Where I, I just thought, like, sometimes, like, some really freaky shit would go on and he would just be like, oh, oh that's something. Like, I felt like he almost had a personality disorder. I know. Like, like I, I don't know. I thought it was on purpose. I mean, they didn't set that up if it was part of his character. I mean, even with like people like he was, it seemed like he was struggling with eye contact. Like he had some kind of like he had something going. I don't know. I just thought I I, I would have liked it if he could have shown a little more emotion in his performance. I think I think it was maybe just a little too subdued, a little a little too wooden. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't want to give away too much, but like with a movie like this, you kind of uh, and I you were talking about this, like you expect kind of like. Uh, maybe a big twist and like when you find out like yeah there there's a small twist but it's you're like okay yeah you're just like oh, okay that's fine i guess but it's not yeah so so i think the movie is in the end anticlimactic there's some good stuff in it but uh would i recommend you putting down your hard-earned ducats to actually see it in the theater nope <laughs> Uh, at least, at least you had enough time to think of that on the car ride home. <laughs> um, all right, guys, are you ready to get into it? All right, all right, guys. Spoilers ahead. Uh, so, as the opening title sequence comes up, we, we hear this background chatter that's um, uh, sounds like some sitcom or something like, and uh, it's going to touch on this later on. But we open up uh, just for like some. Uh, uh, I guess a shocking opening. Uh, this uh, sitcom with this monkey uh, or chimp, I guess the chimp goes crazy and just like slaughters like a couple of people on the show. Yeah, you don't really see. Anything yeah, when it opens up, you just hear like this commotion, yeah. and, and then you see the chimp with like blood all over He's his bloody. hands. Bloody. There's someone laying there. And curious enough, there's like a shoe that's standing straight up. Yeah, I think that's just a visual. That's another thing. Like, like I said, sometimes he's like Jordan Peele's. Like, I like this as a visual, and and it doesn't really mean anything. Yeah, I was I was kind of wondering if that was well. I was wondering if it's some kind of like cue to supernatural in at that point, but you don't really know where it's going. Yeah, and it wouldn't really make sense in the context of the movie for like a supernatural thing to be happening right there. Right. Um. So now we come to um. Uh, the farm uh, that's going to be the center of the movie. Uh, Daniel Kaluuya's character is is feeding horses, and uh, his father, played by Keith David, is also like training a horse. They have a little bit of a conversation, and then Daniel Kaluuya, Kaluuya starts to walk away, and like like it starts to rain, and we don't know exactly what it is, but it seems like it's raining like. Uh, metallic objects yeah and like he looks back and he sees that his father like slumps over on the horse and then eventually falls off and we find out he was hit with one of those pieces like he rushes him to the hospital and we see like the x-ray of the metal piece in his head and it doesn't like tell us right there that he that he dies but then it like uh, basically flash forwards six months and and like a little bit later we find out yeah he did die but yeah, you get hit with like a nickel or something. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
so now um, basically their family, and this was in the in the trailer. Uh, they they go over the whole thing about the first like motion like minutes of a motion picture where this black guy riding a horse. He was like their great 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 grandfather. And so now they operate this business where they train horses to be in movies and TV shows. Um, so he's on the set of this commercial. He's like the horse wrangler. And like, you can tell he's like kind of uncomfortable in the position. Yeah, he's he's having a lot of trouble interacting with people. He's definitely like more in tune with the horses and stuff. Now, what, this is the only part of the movie where I, I feel like they really kind of get into maybe some social commentary where like... Uh, and and it, it's done a little heavy-handedly where, like, kind of the white people on set are kind of treating him, like, shitty and, like, like he's weird or something. He is kind of weird. He is kind of weird, <laughs> but they're kind of also, like, treating him like, uh, like oh, he's just the horse guy or the whatever, you know. Guy, yeah. mm-hmm. And um, They're definitely not respecting him. Even, like, the, the actress, like... On the set, like this older white lady, like they tell her his name's like OJ, and she's like OJ, <laughs> like OJ Simpson or <laughs> right. fucking something like that. Yeah, <laughs> and so it's I don't know, a, a bit silly, but they basically tell him to do the like the safety instruction for being around the horse. He starts doing it, but he, he's like kind of shy and like, um, but then like his sister shows up, and his sis his sister's like the exact opposite of him. Like she's very uh, extroverted. And she's very like uh, comfortable with the crowd. She she likes the attention, you know. She's very charismatic, and so she she like gives the safety speech. But at the same time, she's like plugging like her acting and her singing and things like that, right? To to, to tell the truth, as far as like safety meetings go, they didn't really give them very good instruction. <laughs> that, that, that's, that's true. true. <laughs> the third thing was like have a good time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it wasn't like you like, know, don't stand behind the horse; it might kick you. To I know that's basically what he was trying to tell <laughs> yeah. him, and she didn't even say that. Like you know, don't get behind the horse; it might kill you. But yeah, basically, what happens is the horse then like kicks like at one of the guys or something. I think it like knocks some powder out of the makeup guy's hand or yeah, something. Some stuff, and it gets him basically fired from the, the commercial. Um, and you can, it also seems like um, him and the sister have kind of like a, a contentious relationship maybe. Yeah. Like they love each other, but it seems like they're a little distant. Like he wants to live on the farm. She wants to go live some life. Right. Kind of thing. Um, so... Um, I remember they they drive. Um, they're gonna go to the farm. Do they go to the farm right off? They're headed home, but they take a stop at the um at that little carnival. Yeah, I was wondering if they. Oh, that's right. Yeah, they go to the carnival because he's got a meeting with Stephen Yoon's character. Right, because essentially they're broke, and he's he's been like slowly selling his horses off to this guy, and so he's like he's at a point where he has to sell another horse to him that he doesn't really want to. Yeah, so like um, Daniel uh, OJ, I guess is his character. So OJ, like he's gonna have uh, this meeting with Stephen Yoon. He doesn't want his sister to to come, but she's like, "Fuck you, I'm coming in anyways." And so like as they're talking, um, like she's looking at the shit around his office because he used to be a child actor. Apparently, first on like I think like some sort of western show, and then she sees like there's this. Um, um, Mad Magazine, like, um, thing of that Gorgo, um, that monkey chimp character in the beginning. Gordo, His name, Gordy? Gordo? Gordy, I, I think. 
I was thinking Gordo, but I'm not sure. Yeah, it might be one of those. Gordy or Gordo, <laughs> um, but it had like a uh, like a parody thing of him with the blood on him, and uh, Stephen Yoon's character could tell like she was interested in that. He's like, um, oh yeah, I was on that show because he he was like a little kid actor that was child actor that was on that show, and he shows her like this secret room that has like memorabilia from that show, and I think it even has that shoe. Yeah, has a, he owns the shoe with a blood drop on it. What do you... Because this whole subplot about the chimp show, does it really affect the story in any way? Well, I like it on its own, but yeah, it doesn't really tie in very well. And like, I, I mean, I guess if uh, the Asian guy was like a, a major character, like it could explain if he had like some kind of psychosis or something. Yeah, exactly. Because like, and, and it doesn't... It shows it in more detail later, later yeah. and it's definitely like a traumatic event in, in his life. I mean, as far as that scene goes, it is creepy and it is like, you know, uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah, it's well done. That's a well done scene and very like creepy and but it builds tension. Fit. Yeah. It's not a perfect fit, really. <sighs> and they're trying to say something about like, I don't know, working with wild animals or something. But yeah, I don't know exactly what the point is. Yeah, that's the thing. If there's a social commentary in this movie, like it's it's buried a little too too deep, I think. <laughs> um okay, so yeah, they have the meeting with him and then they go back to the house and she's like saying like what do you say and he's like, "Oh, he wants to buy the ranch." And she's like, "For how much?" And like he's being like coy about it and he's like, "Why do you want to know?" Cuz she's like, "Well, I want to know how stupid you are or something like that." Mm. So like like you were saying, it seems like, you know, she maybe kind of would be in favor of selling the ranch, but like um he wants to kind of uphold the family business, it seems like. Yeah. Now they go in the house and like they're drinking and listening to music. Now they have this conversation that I kind of maybe blanked out <laughs> on where like she says when she was a kid, there was this horse called Jean Jacket, which was supposed to be like her horse, like she was supposed to train it or something. But well, then, it was supposed to be gifted to her, but then it got used for something else. Yeah, like a movie or something. Yeah, know, then her dad stuff. got a movie contract and took it out. and So like she felt like screwed or something about that? Yeah. I just didn't know exactly. Like I felt like that was supposed to maybe be a bigger story point well again she said she was like looking out the window and her dad never looked at her but like he did yeah it was i don't know it's again it doesn't really go anywhere yeah it was weird um so then she looks outside and she's like why is ghost uh which is one of the horses like out in the arena where they train rather than i guess the stable or whatever you know yeah and um one thing they do uh throughout the movie is like they almost have chapter titles based on the horse's name. So it'll like actually go to a black title screen where it says ghost. And then I think there's one called Clover, Lucky, eventually Jean Jacket. There might've been others. I don't remember. Um, But he goes to check on the horse and like eventually like, um, oh, and his sister like puts the music on like really loud. Yeah. (laughs) And the horse just kind of bolts away and they're like, you know, what's up with that? So he gets on uh, like his ATV type thing and drives down the road. And I don't remember, Does he, can he actually see the horse at that point? I don't know. I think he followed it down there a ways and I think he kind of just lost track of it. Right. So in the distance, he sees like these circular lights. And then like 
he starts to see like all the lights in the surrounding area like go off and that goes all the way to the house like all the power just briefly goes off and then very quickly in the sky he sees a ufo but it goes like by like super fast right um but he goes back to the house and they have a conversation because like she knows that he saw something right right and so yeah he's like uh, i forget exactly what he said but he basically tells her that he saw a ufo and she's like instantly like we need to go buy cameras <laughs> <laughs> no doubt whatsoever. Yeah, well, so they, uh, um, uh, oh, and I guess we should have set this up a little bit. When they went to see Stephen Yoon, he owns like this kind of Wild West theme park called Jup- Jupiter's Claim or something like that. Yeah. Where they just have all these kind of touristy Wild West attractions. Um, and I think like... They were eating food like in the parking lot of that place or something when they're having this conversation where she says she looked up online and like if they get video footage of the UFO, they can make huge money, right? Yeah, like 100K or something. Right, right. So that's their plan. So they go to the store, they buy a bunch of cameras and shit. And like they, they have this thing they bring back where they're like, we're going to get on Oprah or whatever. Yeah, we're going to get Oprah that shot. Oprah shot, right? Um, so they're checking out and, and the guy uh, checking them out is like, would you like uh, to have that professionally installed? And they're like, no, thanks. And he's like, suit yourself, but you're going to fail or something. Like he's a terrible like salesman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like he should be fired. But they're like, is it a hard install? And he's like, I guess he convinces them that, uh, yeah, to have him come out and install it. So oh, he also like they're buying this equipment and like he's instantly like, you're trying to film UFOs, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, that was people made connections in this movie that I wouldn't have made. <laughs> he's like, I'm all in right now. <laughs> Yeah. The, so yeah, there are things in this movie that like that too. That you're like, okay, that's a little bit of a reach that this guy would just make that connection right away. But yeah, so he comes out, he installs the the cameras, and then um, the sister leaves. She says she's going to go shopping, and so he's stuck there with the guy. And they have this whole conversation where like the guy's like, you know, a couple years ago, the government finally released footage of ufos and he's like now they call them like uaps because they want to like i've never heard of a uap is that a yeah, I, never, I, I never had either but apparently <laughs> apparently that's a thing i don't know um and and like the guy's like saying that maybe like they're gonna they're world killers and they're gonna like you know bring us up and shove battle up her ass or something and, and even like then like daniel clues character said something non nonplussed like oh that's great or something you know yeah um, but anyway, then the sister shows back up, um, and we see there's like a trail of like um, flags coming out of the horse trailer. All right, right. And we find out she stole like a, um, uh, I don't even know what you call it, like a, uh, a stat- mannequin horse. Yeah, mannequin <laughs> statue horse um, from Stephen Yoon's uh, park. And um, then conveniently, Stephen Yoon's character shows up almost immediately. And. and um, She's like, this is a decoy horse. And he's like, oh, we have some like that. Where, where'd you get it? And she's like, oh, where'd you get yours? It's, you know, trying to like, you know. Anyway, he's he he's advertising that they're having some show Friday night that they want him. He wants them to come to or something like that. Yeah. Um. Anyway, he leaves. I think the angel guy leaves. Um. 
so then I believe it's nighttime again. Is this where they have the the scene in the horse stalls? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Thanks for reminding me. So yeah, it's late at night. Um, he notices uh, OJ notices that there's a light on in the stables that shouldn't be there. So he goes in there and he shuts the light off. He walks away. The light shows up again, and then there's these like small alien creatures, and and he he gets out his like flip flip phone shitty phone you know camera and again he's like nope and uh, and that that's a joke they repeat like in the movie the whole nope thing it was funny it was a good misdirection um but yeah so like uh, it's a misdirection where you're like oh is this really like an alien creature movie um but then it ends up just being steven yoon's uh kids like scaring them for taking the stealing the the mannequin horse what do you guys think of that scene like I mean, I guess it was well done, but do you think that those kids would actually do that? No. I didn't really I mean, if it. you live out in the country, you got nothing to do. Maybe. <laughs> but I, I don't know. I thought it was kind of funny. Um, but also, they let one of the horses out of its stall or something. Did they? Yeah. Yeah. Like one of the horses was out. I don't remember. Um. So then, I might be skipping over something, but I know like... Um, the sister is then looking at the newly installed security cameras, and she's uh, scared because of like an insect like covers one of the yeah praying mantis sticks its head in front yeah and scares her a little bit and then um, <laughs> now this uh, is where the salesman guy should really get fired because he calls and he he's like the second camera is off or whatever because he's basically somehow tapped into the video <laughs> yeah, footage. Yeah, he's he's just sitting in fries watching their house. <laughs> um, and so um, I'm, I'm trying to remember what happens because they have another run-in with the UFO. Um, doesn't it end up like sucking up the mannequin horse? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they set up the mannequin horse out in the field. But wasn't he also... I don't know. Was he out there? Seems like he was out there. Yeah, he was out there, and um, they eventually have this thing. Because I remember she's like, run, and he like turns around and starts oh, running yeah. from it. And he ends up taking refuge in like this little shack or something. Um, man, my memory's blanking on, on exactly where on this scene. Like, I don't remember exactly how it ends. I, I think he just... Well, it sucks up the, the fake horse and just kind of flies off. Okay, okay. Um, boy, do you guys remember exactly where it goes from here? I'm trying to remember. I mean, at some point, it splices in the backstory on that Gordo chimp show, but I don't know. Well, it go, does it go back to that guy on his ranch in his show? Because that comes up eventually. Which guy? The uh, the Asian guy. Because he puts on a show. That's not until later, though. Man. I'm I'm blanking how it gets from point A to point B on this one. I know they called that other uh, cinematographer at some point because the electric cameras went out, so they were trying to get somebody with more expertise. You're right. I think that it would have been about this point in the film that that happened. So, yeah, basically, um, um, yeah, they're having trouble with the electric cameras because this UFO affects the electricity and can just shut the cameras off. Um, so they call this, this guy that was the director on that commercial they got booted from. And he's like, um, got like a really like grisly voice on him. Yeah, he's got a deep, yeah, raspy voice. And he's, um, 
He keeps also like viewing this footage uh, that he's got of like this animals, animals killing other animals. animals. <laughs> so you get the the sense that this guy's maybe not all there. Um, but they like we can offer you the chance to get the perfect shot or whatever. Um, but he just kind of like warns him about that and says like um, he tells us the sister like that last shot can like be your last or kill you or the something. impossible shot the impossible shot but something. there's also like uh like she's kind of dancing around the issue of telling there's a saucer but he, he also seems to like instinctively know what she's talking about yeah that's the other thing it because i was wondering about that myself because skipping forward the thing that eventually gets him on board is um the idea of the impossible shot well, not only that, but he hears the news after the attack at the um, Wild West place. That's when he he hears in. the news story. Okay, so maybe that's when he puts it together. But still, I don't know why he'd exactly put it together that it's that it's a UFO. Right. That seems like a leap. I I don't I don't really understand that. Um, God, why am I blanking? I mean, let's just let's skip to the point where it it. It shows, because um, I think it's one of the better scenes in the movie, the scene we referenced earlier. It gives the backstory of when Steven Yoon was a child actor. He's on that sitcom. And basically, yeah, the chimp starts going ape shit, I guess. Yeah, and he's just like <laughs> he's hiding, hiding under, under a table. table. And like, uh, it's like, first it like uh, kills like the mom character on the show. Yeah. And then the dad character shows up and is like, Gordo, stay, stay. Yeah. But he ends up running from him and like it goes and like through this door and like you just hear it like beating the shit out of him, beating him to death. And then we don't see it attack the sister character. Yeah, she's missing. But it apparently does and she comes into play a little bit uh, here in a little bit. Um, now, do you guys know, was there anything really consequential to the plot um, before we get to like the Wild West scene where the major attack happens uh this is uh i don't think there's anything huge because pretty much right after this ape scene that he he's like having a flashback or whatever and then he goes and does a show yeah okay so and i have a question about this so he has this wild west show where he's got um one of the horses he bought from oj lucky um um and and he's setting this whole thing up where he's like, in an hour, you're going to see something that blows your mind, that changes your life. And then, oh, one thing we didn't set up is um, the uh, UFO, <clears throat> they catch on film that it's a cloud. And the... Um, well, yeah, th- while they're just filming, there's like... When he tries to time lapse it, all the clouds are moving except for one cloud. He just stays in the same place all the time. And also in the attack that uh, picked up the mannequin horse, there was a cloud that was moving around. So they kind of pieced it together there. Yeah, they're just in the cloud. Um, so while Steven Yeun's character is setting this up, um, we see the cloud. And out of the cloud, it the kind of uh, series of flags. You're right. The flags from the horse. Come out. Now, this is my question. Did Steven Yeun's character know about the UFO and had it been doing shows where it fed at horses before? Yeah, yeah that's pretty much so. the whole thing. It had been happening for a while. And so basically, he'd just take a horse and like, you know, at a certain time of day, he'd just like let it run out into the desert or whatever. And they'd see the come down and take the horse. But this is my thing. If that's the case, 
why wouldn't they have been filming this? And why would the spectators that have seen this, why wouldn't this be like a worldwide phenomenon? Yeah, and there weren't like there weren't like that many people in the seats either. Like it wasn't like a full stadium. Yeah, if this had happened once, that would be a packed stadium. I mean, this is the th- one of the major things to me, plot holes in this movie that doesn't make sense. They couldn't have kept us under wraps. If people were seeing a UFO come out in this horse show and pick up a horse and eat it, like or abduct it, you know, would they have been just like, oh, it's a spectacle that this guy's making, you know? Yeah, plus when 40 people go missing later, wouldn't you come forward and be like, hey, this is what was happening previously on that ranch? Like, Yeah, I um, mean, could it potentially they think it's like some sort of like gimmick on his part or something? I don't know. Also, okay, let's, let's, and this is another thing I was thinking about. So, like, Stephen Yoon's character seems blase about sacrificing these horses. Yeah. <laughs> and at some point, like, the guy who said he, like, he wanted to buy his horses back and he was just kind of, like, noncommittal. Yeah. <laughs> like, those horses are coming back. Yeah. But then, like, okay, let's dig into his, his backstory where he's seen this chimp, like, kill these people. Do you think that made him be careless about animals? Like... Like fuck you don't chimp, really see the... that much into his psychology, but you figure he's like he's got some kind of damage he's packing around. And also, like, um, like the chimp, like after it kills the people, almost goes to fist bump him, but then it like gets his brains blown out as he's going to do it. Oh yeah. But you see, I got the sense from that scene that like he felt bad that the chimp died. Maybe yeah. I'm wrong. I mean, probably. Like I mean, they'd had some history together. See, that, that's what confuses me. Is that backstory? doesn't really feed into his modern day character in any way you'd think it would yeah you don't see enough of him to really know that much about him other than he runs the show so also and it showed this is a thing from the trailer but um as they're doing the show and the ufo comes there's a woman in the audience who is basically the the i guess sister character that was on this show and she got all mangled from the monkey so in the trailer you see like the veil like blow up on this old woman and she her teeth are all fucked up and her, her face is all fucked up that's what what happened is it's the sister character from that show that was fucked up by the chimp now this is one of those things i'm talking about where it seems like jordan peele's like i like this as a visual yeah so i'm gonna find a way to get it in there but, like, to me, it's like, what does it add? Yeah. It's just, it, it's almost like he wanted something crazy for the trailer. Yeah. And he's like, this would be a crazy visual. I don't know. It just, to me, it just seemed horseshoe in there for a pun, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. It, it's the, just the way it comes together. None of it plays out. Because, really, you're getting, like, a lot more story and backstory on him than the other main characters. Yeah. It just doesn't make sense how it all ties together. I don't know. Um, so OJ decides he's at the farm. He decides um, that he wants to get Lucky back because that's like his horse or whatever. Um, so he goes to the park, and of course, it's all fucked up. And I, I guess we we should go back. So basically, because um, we didn't really go over the attack, the UFO like picks up everybody that's watching this Wild West show, and we actually see the inside of them going inside and it looks like they're getting like i guess digested by yeah, this thing getting sucked down some kind of digestion hole yeah yeah uh so then oj shows up and of course the the park is a wreck and he's like wondering what the fuck is going on um he gets to that area where lucky is and then the the uh basically spaceship like swoops and, and i think this is probably the closest shot we get of it in the movie to this point 
Yeah, it comes a couple close ones, mostly on him. And we see that there's like this giant hole at the bottom. And um, basically, he's able to, I guess, see that this isn't like a UFO. It's not a ship. It's an it's a creature. Right. right? It's a biological creature, and it's eating people. So that's kind of the, the twist, quote-unquote twist of the yeah. movie. Yeah, that's where it moves from like an alien to like a creature feature. Yeah. Which, again, like... It's not like a surprising twist. It's just something you kind of go like, oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. At that point, I was like, okay, it's a creature feature, and then like I was expecting more like classical horror, I guess. Sometimes like uh, the twist or the reveal in the movie like retroactively like makes sense, like it, yeah. it fits together. But this didn't really do anything like that. The only thing it um, explains is because like the ship falling out of the sky that killed his dad. Like, I guess they told him that, that, like, somehow that shit fell out of a biplane. And he's like, I never really bought that. Well, we find out this creature, like, it eats the organic matter, but it can't, like, digest the metal and shit. Yeah, so it just spits it, just, it like, back showers out. showers it back out. Yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, basically, um, he hides from the creature, like, uh, and, and it goes off. But then he gets, I guess he just feels that it's going to go attack, like, the farmhouse or something. So he calls his sister and, and like the phone's starting to break up, but he's trying to warn her that it's not a, that it basically it's a creature, not a, not a alien spaceship or whatever. And um, so he puts Lucky, I guess, in the horse trailer and he he drives back. Now this scene I thought was kind of cool. So um, um, I forget why exactly, but Angel, the the uh, store guy, he was at the house. He was going to leave, but the the creature's close enough that the power to his van shuts off. So he runs back into the house, and um, the creature is like right over the house, and it, it so so it starts to like downpour rain. But since it just ate all those people, it's also like blood mm-hmm. coming out and like going on the windows and yeah, stuff. A bunch of junk and blood. And- so I, I, that scene I thought looked kind of cool, just the visual of like yeah, all the bad. blood and shit coming down. Um, so OJ, like, he makes it back in the truck to the, the farmhouse, but then he gets close enough that it also shuts off the electricity to the truck. And then this was kind of, like, I think the funniest use of the whole nope line in the movie, where, like, he, he, he like, goes to get out of the truck, but he looks up, and, like, the thing is, like, right there over top of him, and he's like, nope. <laughs> he shuts the door and, like, locks the door like that would do anything. Um, and it, like, spits the uh, mannequin horse, like, through the windshield of his truck. Um, so, basically, he just kind of waits it out and um, until, like, the morning when the light starts to come out. And um, um, now this... I thought it was a little bit weird where, like, he drives up to the house and, like, he sees Angel and his sister in the house. I would have thought, because his truck was still technically working, right? I would have thought he would have just, like, drove to the door of the house or as close as he could get and, like, open and be like, run in, run in. But instead, he, like, gets out, kind of weirdly, like, slowly walks to Angel's van and waits for the other two to, like, come. Yeah, and like he did have a horse through his windshield, I guess. Yeah, but he left his other horse there, like in the back of that uh, yeah, truck. He's in the loading. The, Lucky, yeah. yeah, he's in the trailer. Now, at this same point, he somehow puts it together in his head, and it flashes back to where, like the the commercial set where he told like one of the other guys, like um, to not look directly at the horse's eyes or whatever. 
And that somehow puts it together for him that if he doesn't look directly at the creature, it won't attack him. Yeah, which doesn't make a ton of sense. No, it doesn't. Like, how did he possibly put that together? He's got some, like, kind of, like, animal connection. (laughs) With a horse staring at it when it ate them? (laughs) You know? That's the other thing, yeah. (laughs) Are these horses, like, looking up at it, you know? (laughs) I mean... He does, he puts, like, a a mask on one of the horses, so he can't, like... I don't know if that's to keep it calm or what, but... Uh, Yeah, I didn't, I don't know. It, it uh, again that part seemed convenient to me. It seemed like a random thing that he wouldn't really put together. But anyway, they get in his van and they basically drive and start hanging out at Angel's apartment. <clears throat> and instead of like uh, being freaked out and talking about all this, like like a- Angel and his sisters just like in VR units for yeah. some reason, uh, that that was a little bit weird to me. Uh, then they're having dinner at a restaurant, and uh, eventually, like they come outside. And it seems like, uh, I forget exactly what their conversation was. It seemed like maybe OJ, like, still wanted to operate the farm or something, and, like, she had enough of it. Yeah, like, he's still going back to get the shot or whatever. Yeah. Like, he's not leaving. And But she's had enough of it, of it. But as she walks away, she gets a text from the director guy she talked to earlier, and now he's in it because... <clears throat> Again, that scene we referenced earlier, he was like editing his movie and, and like a uh, news story came on that told of the attack at the amusement park. And again, he just somehow put it together that it was a, a UFO type thing. I mean, <laughs> what do you guys think of that? I mean, there was a lot of coincidence. Like yeah. there was also that like later on, you'll just right about here, I think, or coming up, there's a reporter that shows up just for convenience sake, I feel like. Okay, yeah, that's yeah. that's another thing I yeah, want to talk to. Yeah, he's a plot device. That's yeah. another thing I want to. Um, okay, so yeah, now we're kind of getting into the the end of the movie. So this director guy, um, he build he's like builds his own camera camera, or maybe he just has one that doesn't use electricity. Has the old hand crank so that the the monster can't shut it off. And so the plan is, him and Angel are going to be on this ridge. Um, they set up now, I don't know if this was really necessary. They basically take a bunch of the, the wavy inflatable tube men. Mm-hmm. All right. And they place them like all throughout the field. Right. Right. And down the road or whatever. And it wasn't dangerous placing those at that time, but later on it gets dangerous for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, well, after they like all those people, they figured they had like a day or two for it to digest or something. <laughs> <All right. Yeah. laughs> <laughs> like we've got some time before it's hungry again so the plan is i guess they're going to use aj or oj as bait on the horse to get the thing to follow and they're just going to get the shot is that what the plan is basically yeah i guess something like that you know i almost wondered like what i mean we'll get into the anticlimactic thing that eventually takes the monster down but i almost thought it would have been better if, like, he had to sacrifice a horse, like, put strap explosives to a horse or something. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I just... Off you go, Lucky. Um, but basically, they're getting all prepared. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, this guy on a motorcycle appears. And this was another weird thing. So, like, this guy, um, the, the sister goes to investigate. He's wearing this huge reflective helmet. So, like... 
And and then he ends up basically, yeah, like you said, I guess he's this reporter guy. But didn't he even mention the cloud that's not moving? Like, didn't he have some sort of... Yeah, I think he might. So, this is another thing, is like, who is this guy? How does he have this knowledge? Why would he be here? Can you guys well, explain it at all? Supposedly investigating the, um, whatever happened at that ranch slash park or whatever. I mean, I feel like this was just a shoehorn thing in here that didn't make any sense. And also, again, like... <laughs> The weird reflective helmet is like another thing that I just feel like Jordan Peele is like, ah, oh, this looks cool. I got to fit it in yeah, somehow. Yeah. And and this whole character didn't make sense to me. I didn't know where he came from, why he would be there. He just came. He showed up at the perfect time to be bait, though. <laughs> yeah. So basically, like he just starts gunning down the street on his motorcycle. The the creature um cuts the power to the it's an electric cycle of course not a gas and it it just wrecks this guy and then i guess oj like feels sorry for the guy because he can hear him screaming or whatever <laughs> right they're kind of like well he's probably dead and then you're like you hear him screaming <laughs> <laughs> so like he goes and like tries to help the guy and i think he's like don't look at the creature or whatever but he's like looking at it or something I forget actually what happens here. It eventually like ends up eating that guy, right? Yeah, you think like he's gonna save him or something, and I I don't know if he sees it like it reflected in the guy's helmet or whatever. And he's like, sorry, he jumps on his horse and takes off, and then it just eats the guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> By the way, I I I thought for sure we would get um some scene of that helmet like falling back to to the yeah. ground or something somewhere, you know. Um, <clears throat> so th- this part's hard to keep track of because like it starts going around and like fucking with everybody at different points it seems like um but first like yeah i think oj's like on the horse trying yeah, to chases him back and like he gets off into like a shed or yeah he like jumps off and gets back in, in the shed <clears throat> um and goes for the guy on the hill i think yeah at this point like the the guy gets the shot on camera but then and this is another thing that's not explained so then this old director guy, he just goes crazy. Well, he gets like the initial shot, and then like yeah, he's like, I guess he thinks he's gonna come back, and he's like, we don't deserve the what was it the, the impossible uh, shot, the impossible yeah. shot, and he just starts climbing the hill with his camera like he's gonna get this shot, and basically just sucks him up and he's gone. Yeah, he's like gonna get the shot of going inside the thing, but like. <sighs> I'm like, if they set up that maybe that guy had terminal cancer or something, or just like had some sort of motivation, yeah. he's got some like, got to get that perfect shot. And like, yeah, they don't even use the shot. They don't even get it, do they? Well, that's another thing. Like, I, when he was going up the hill, I was like, does he still have that role in his camera that he's carrying up the hill? Yeah. Because it seems like he might want that later. Like, is this is this all this footage getting saved to the cloud or something? <laughs> uh, it's going to the cloud. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, <clears throat> and, and that's another thing that I was con- kind of confused of. I, I think he must add two cameras, right? The The... Like the one he was filming with first, and then like a smaller one that was attached to himself, or well, he, he had the I think he was using the crank one, and then Angel had like a more modern one, yeah. But when I think I believe when he leaves, <laughs> Angel still has like the, the bigger crank. Oh, one. you're right, he does, yeah. So he must, must have had a secondary camera, um, the- <laughs> but yeah, that guy goes on his little suicide thing, and then like, um. 
I don't remember if it goes after the sister or Angel first, but I know like yeah, I think it goes for Angel, but he's like wrapped in barbed wire and gets spit back. Yeah, out he ends up getting wrapped in a in a tarp, which I guess covers his eyes. Yeah, I don't know. and we also see like the roll of film like going down. So who knows if that's any good at all? Um, based on the end of the movie, I think we're we're supposed to feel like maybe that film's that probably ruined. Yeah. Ruined. Um. So then it, I remember it starts going after the sister, and even though like she goes in the house, it seems like it starts like ripping up the house. Yeah, it it it's like gets more aggressive. Well, she's like in an outbuilding maybe or something, and like it does a little tornado on it, kind of falls apart, and she runs out, and she gets like flung up into the air. Yeah, a little bit. Um, I'm trying to think. Oh, one thing that confused me. Okay, so Angel, he's in the tarp, and he's all wrapped up in tarp and barbed wire. And he basically ends up, like, putting the barbed wire kind of, like, tightly around him. And then I'm like, well, where is this going? Is he going to, like, um, have the thing eat him and hope that the barbed wire, like, fucks up the inside of the creature? Like, yeah, I, don't know. I didn't know exactly what his plan was. But then also, it sucks him up, but then, like, kind of spits him back out. Well, the barbed wire was like it kept him there, like it was all connected to the fence, and everything. yeah, it was like it was pulling off the fence as he was going up. Oh, okay, so the barbed wire was like tethering connect- him. Yeah. Okay, I I missed that part. Okay, that makes a little more sense. So like he was wrapping it around him in hopes that it would save him, mm-hmm. and it did. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So eventually, it gets to the point where like um, it seems like OJ is going to make a sacrifice to save. His, the sister and he's on the horse and like actually looks at the thing and at this point like it doesn't look like a ufo anymore it kind of like opens up and looks more like a like a jellyfish maybe yeah some kind of more ethereal creature right and so it starts looking at him and so we get the sense that he's gonna like sacrifice himself to save the sister but then the sister she goes and gets the electric motorcycle and she, like, looks at the creature to draw its attention. So, like, now it's like, no, she's going to save him, I guess? Yeah, I, I, like, yeah, it's kind of weird, but he directs it away from her long enough for her to take off on the bike, and then, like, it gets attracted to her. And, and the whole thing of it, like, killing the electricity seems a little undefined as well. Is it, like, it's not looking at her, so, like, then the electricity does work, or... I thought maybe it just like got out of distance for a minute. Yeah, or I thought it was far <laughs> enough. Okay, but yeah, apparently it got far enough away that the the mo- bike worked again. So she like um, starts going off on the bike and looks back at the creature enough, I guess, to get its attention. So it keeps following. She drives back to the theme park um, and gets like all these caution tapes on her because they like closed it off after all the people died or whatever. So she gets there, and we see she starts like undoing all these tethers. And we don't exactly know what they're to, but she's undoing all these tethers. And it basically lets go this huge balloon. Yeah, it's like a happy cowboy. Right. And also, we forgot to set this up, but earlier on in the movie, like at the very beginning when they first get to the theme park, like there's this wishing well thing. And you kind of look down at it and you turn this crank and it takes your picture. It's yeah. like a touristy type thing. Um, so she decides she's going to try to capture... Uh, a photo of the creature using this wishing well because she like the balloon is like right up yeah you know perfectly straight up perfectly (laughs) um and this wishing well is like 1080p or higher (laughs) (laughs) yeah and conveniently i mean maybe we're supposed to think that the creature 
spit out like people's coin. But there's coins all around to operate this thing. Yeah, I don't know why that happened. So either like a building that had money in it was exploded or the creature already spit out a bunch of coins from the people that it killed. I don't yeah, know. I but think that's what it did. Conveniently, there's a bunch of coins everywhere that she can use. Um, and so this is another thing that I thought was kind of anticlimactic and stupid. So basically the, the balloon goes up. The creature swallows the balloon and it pops inside of it. And that, I guess that air escaping the balloon is enough force to kill the creature. And it gets a perfect, like, wishing well photo of it. Yeah. Yeah, that part. Like, I wasn't even sure it was dead for a while. I wasn't either. Like, because she was celebrating and I thought it was going to be like, oh, no, she celebrated too soon. It's coming back. But Mm. no, that was pretty much it. Yeah, I mean, now that you say it out loud, it kind of reminds me of, like, the the monkey scene like where they do the flashback because yeah, the, the balloons were popping and yeah there was oh, a little tie-in with that i did forget about that yeah the yeah i'm glad you said that I, I wouldn't have made that connection i forgot about in the chimp attack scene there was a bunch of balloons popping yeah balloon popped and that's kind of what set him off <sighs> okay and then uh we get the happy ending where like oj still alive he shows up on the horse and and that's pretty much it um <sighs> So, like, if there is a social commentary to the movie, do you think it's more in the way we treat animals rather than anything else? Yeah, I thought it had more to do with animals. I didn't know what to take from it. Like, the Hollywood scene made me think, like, yeah, they're mistreating animals. They There's clear rules for how to behave around these animals, but they're still, like, make it do this or we'll do this. We'll walk around the backside, whatever. Like, not caring. I guess there was disrespect for animals in a lot of cases. Yeah. I mean, at the very beginning of the movie, like, just the, like, whole thing about how, like, you know, that first uh, motion picture thing, frames of film, was um, a black guy that's forgotten by history and the way he was treated on set. It seemed like maybe there was a little bit of racial commentary. But really, other than that... I don't think there's much racial commentary, and everything else seems animal-based. Yeah, that's what I've picked up, too. Yeah, I don't know. It wasn't solid. I mean, unless... Do you think there's anything to, like, the... uh, I don't know, like, um, if we just don't look uh, our adversary in the eye, we're safe or something? Well, at some point, the cinematographer had some line about, like, like, you have to have a covenant with a predator or something. I don't know. I don't know exactly what that was supposed to mean. <laughs> Did either you guys see Jordan Peele's second movie, that one called Us? I, I, that's yeah. the one I didn't see. That one I heard I it was kind of bad, so I never saw. What do you What do you think of that? It was better than this one. I, I thought it was like if I had to rank the three movies, that would be in the middle, and uh, it wasn't bad at all. I thought it was okay. Uh, I thought Get Out was better, but Us had like you could connect the parts, the pieces. You know, it had a it had a storyline that made sense. It just yeah, I liked it more. What was the twist on that one? Like, there was, like, an evil doppelganger of everybody, like, created by the government or something? Yeah, like, uh, underground. There was, so there was, like, some sort of government, I don't know what it was, like, conspiracy or project or something. And uh, there were doppelgangers of uh, all people, like, underground. and uh, But they were, like, connected. Everybody's connected at some point. So, uh, yeah, what happens is the main character, the girl... She has a doppelganger, and she goes to uh, a, like a carnival, and they uh, they end up running into each other, and from there, everything turns topsy turvy, and then there's like a big reveal at the end. I don't want to give that away. Oh, okay. 
I did you feel like doubt movie had like a social commentary to it? Yeah, that one did. That one I I felt like was more about like forgotten people, like people just left behind and because uh, I think the whole thing was like it's called us, but it can also stand for the U.S. or yeah, something, something like that. Yeah, yeah, and there was like some sort of hands across America commentary within there somewhere that you have to kind of look for. But I, I don't know. I think there was like some more commentary in there. It's been a while since I've seen it, but yeah, the, it made more sense at least. Um, let's see. Is there anything else you guys want to touch on before we score this movie? Mm-hmm. Okay, guys, the ultimate question. What would you give this scale of 1 to 10? I'd give it like a 5 or a 6. It wasn't great. It was okay. Yeah. I mean, there were elements I liked, but probably a 4. It just didn't go for me. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with you. I think I would give it maybe like a 5, 5.5. Like, I think there's things to appreciate about it. It's it's well shot. Um, I think there are some good ideas in it. Um, but ultimately it is anticlimactic. Um, ultimately I don't know if it says that much. Like, if, like I said, if it, if it has a big deeper meaning, I, I think maybe it's a, buried a little too deep. Yeah. The meaning yeah. wasn't there. And I think even if, even without that, if, if they just gone full creature feature and like actually tried to scare you, but like the incidences with the, uh, the creature aren't that like scary that they don't pull you in really. I mean, yeah, there, there, it, that one moment's a bit gory with like the the blood yeah. and everything, but um, but yeah, it's not like like to me like the scariest, most tension filled scene in the movie was was him and the chimp, uh, like, him like under the, the table. Di- yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. The chimp scene is definitely. Uh, there were some things scary. that didn't make sense to me. Like, okay, so a flag and the balloon, like those were things that mess it up, but not people's clothes, like. Not anything else that people had. Maybe Presumably a knife. Presumably spit out at some point. I don't know. Yeah, because he did mention, like, um, it didn't like the fake horse, you know. Mm. Oh, he carried that horse around for a long time, though. <laughs> he spit it out at a very convenient time. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely things that don't make sense. And and, and like I said, like, the, the, the woman with the messed up face and... The, the weird reporter out of nowhere with the shiny helmet. Th- those just seem like visuals um, <laughs> that he wanted in there that he just found a, a way to get there. I don't know. Especially the reporter guy. Yeah. That came out of nowhere. Yeah. Also, like, I wonder who played... I was wondering if, like, someone famous played him since he never see the face. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't bet on it. But I don't know. I was like, is this like Nicolas Cage or something? <laughs> <laughs> it's Daft Punk. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Uh, nope. Uh, a little disappointing. I don't think it's anything I would ever watch again. No. Nah. It, like, it's not offensively bad, but it's just kind of bleh. I don't know. Um, anything else you guys want to add before we wrap this bad boy up? I'm good. Yeah. Well, guys, uh, thank you very much for listening and watching. Uh, if you'd like us to review you know, anything else, please uh, shout it out to us in the comments. Um, speaking of which, uh, if you will, go ahead and subscribe to our YouTube channel and to your podcast service of choice. Uh, leave us comments, thumbs up, positive reviews, if you would. That does uh, still help in the old algorithms, so that's very nice. And why not come over and visit visit us on the hellscape known as Twitter. Guys, where can people find you on the Twitter? At a name for this too, and that's number two. At unsolicited S-U-G, but yeah. I haven't been on there for a little bit. And you can, of course, find me at Zach Jones Live. That's Z-A-C-H-J-O-N-E-S-L-I-V. 
Jeez, L-I-V-E. And that is going to do it for all of our shenanigans of Poppycock this week. Please, please, please tune in again next week. Bye, guys. Take care. Yeah, have a good one.